This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Wow. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Where are we at? <laughs> Love to see you guys here in Clovis. Such a privilege to be here. I want to look into these cameras. Hey, Fresno campus. Welcome again to my Madera family. You are my beloved. We just uh, care for you so much. Thanks for being there. You better be on your feet standing today as I preach today. So we love you and we appreciate you. So glad uh, that you're all in church today, man. Just excited to be here. You know, um, just want to honor Pastor Randy and Cherie, our lead pastors for the privilege and the entrustment they give us to be able to speak today. And, and uh, it's really just a privilege. Y- y'all ready to, to be excited about God's word and receive some help today? Yes. You know, I want to just take a quick moment to honor my wife, Linda. She's just an amazing, amazing strength to me. And I'm so thankful that she's there uh, when I need her the most. And in fact, you know, today uh, we celebrate that 11 years ago, she actually gave birth to our first son, Jonah. So he's our miracle baby. And uh, so Jonah, I know you're in Madera, probably uh, serving in kids right now. I just want to say happy birthday to you. We love you and can't wait to see you a little bit later. You know, there's nothing. Thank you for that, man. There's nothing that excites uh, me more than to see my son uh, get up at 530 in the morning on Sundays and he puts on his blue dream team shirt and he serves and in fact, I even wanted him to come with me today and he says, Dad, I'm on the, I'm on the calendar to serve today. So I'll be seeing you from Madeira. So, you know, that, that kind of thing just delights a parent. So I want to encourage you today. If your kids, uh, aren't seeing you serve, you need to serve and, uh, your kids need to serve also. It's just a great way for them to be connected into what God is doing, um, in their lives. But hey, today we want to, um, just say thank you on behalf of our Madeira campus. I want to look in this camera and say thank you, Fresno. Thank you, Fresno campus. Thank you, Clovis. Thank you, guys. Because two years ago, it was October two years ago, that I remember we were in the middle of our campaign or coming to an end uh, where we were raising money to be able to, to buy chairs. I don't know if you remember this. Those of you that are newer, but we were in a campaign to raise chair, raise money for chairs so that we could launch our Madera campus. And isn't it amazing that two years ago we started our soft launch with their team and then in January of 2016 we launched our Madera campus. And I just want to share with you, uh, that God is doing great things in Madera. You know, this last year, we, this year we've already, uh, we've already seen 25% increase in our attendance. You know, not everybody, yes, not everybody attends church every weekend, so we don't quite see this yet, but there's almost 400 people that call Madera Campus their home. Isn't that awesome? We also have 75 amazing Dream Team members. Love you guys. And uh, I want to share this, man. Small groups is just something that we love in Madera. You know, we've got 17 groups with over 160 people that meet. So we're at that halfway point of the people that are participating in small groups. And uh, we're just believing God is bringing in all kinds of new people through the relationships of small groups. But I've got to share this one. You know, this year already we've had 168 documented salvations at our Madera campus. 
and 209 people have already filled out a new year card and the year isn't over yet. Clovis, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being all in. Thank you for giving. Fresno Campus, thank you for giving two years ago and believing in what God can do in the city of Madeira. Well, man, we're so excited to be here today and we get to launch our series called Rally and uh, we don't have balloons and, and all kinds of crazy stuff for a rally, but you know, when I think of the word rally, I, I was I always think of excitement and, you know, just drawing people together. And it, it definitely is that. But it's also defined as to recover or to get back. Anybody here need to recover some things in your life? Anybody here need to get some things back? Am I talking to the right people? Maybe in Fresno. Anybody there that needs to recover some things? Madtown, anybody in Madeira need to get some things back that maybe life or maybe the enemy has stolen? Man, I'm here to just hopefully motivate you and excite you to let you know there is a God that wants to help you recover some things. There's a God that wants to help you get some things back that rightfully belong to you and your covenant with God. But we've got to get excited and believe that today. And it's hard, right? I mean, it's difficult. As Lance was saying earlier, we live in a world today that that is just seems to be overshadowed by fear, uh, by hate. Uh, even in our nation, there seems to be just uh, political turmoil and brokenness and, and all kinds of natural disasters going on. And, and, and let's even in our own lives, as we look at our own situations today, uh, in our own lives, things that are going on that are making things challenging in our life to even keep believing, to even keep having faith in the promises that God has given us. But if you didn't know, there's so many promises in this word that God has given to you and to me. And if you're not saved yet, maybe you haven't given your life to God, man, the moment you do, these promises become available to you. These promises that Jesus died for, your healing, your prosperity, your success, your great life. It is available to you in Jesus today. And so it gets hard to really keep believing or keep having faith that we can still, still see our greatest days ahead. So how do we recover? How do we rally together and believe that today? You know, a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago, I was uh, coming out of the gym and I know that may be a surprise to you, but I was walking out of the gym. You're gonna be you're gonna be nice today, right? Okay. So I was walking out of the gym, and and three doors over, there's this uh, nutritional shop that's there. You know those really cool places that kind of sell legal steroids and stuff like that. And uh, and so, anyways, I walk in there, and I'm just I'm determined. I go up to the counter. I tell the guy, "Listen, dude, I need you to sell me something that'll just." trim me up like one of those 30 day type deals like I, I I you don't get it man I'm tired of wearing black you know I, I know it slims me up a little bit but I, I I you know I think I could wear some orange or something might be go be good with my skin tone color but I don't want to look like a big old orange you know what I mean so I need you to slim me up what can you give me what can you sell me and I see his eyes just open up like man I'm gonna make some money today right so he looks at me and he says, yeah, man, I've got some stuff. You know, let me get, look at a few things, grab some things for you. And so he looks at me and he, you know, he, we're just continuing to talk and he says, Hey, um, have you, uh, 
always kind of struggled with the, you know, kind of the weight issue or, and I said, dude, you're getting personal now, right? I don't know you like that. And, uh, I said, but you know, no, actually, um, you know, uh, up until I was six, when my metabolism slowed down, I, I was, I was actually doing okay. But, you know, after that, man, I, I realized I just, you know, I couldn't keep eating what I wanted to eat, you know. And so, yeah, it's been a struggle, man. The struggle's real. Why do you think I'm in here today? And so uh, he just, we just continued talking. And, and he said, well, but I t- actually, I told him, I said, you know, but I remember there was actually a, about five years ago, there was a time where I was, uh, I got determined and I was training for a marathon, half marathon, that is. And so I told him I was going to train for, I was training for that. And he said, well, man, how did you do it? What'd you, what'd you uh, do to get ready for that? And I said, you know, what I did was uh, I actually got on a diet plan. And for about six months, I was eating better, you know, cut some things out. I even got uh, into a um, uh, exercise routine, got a plan going. And then I joined this group, this group of people that was, that were running. So we would run like three times a day and we'd prepare for this half marathon and and he just kind of looked at me and says man that's so cool man it sounds like you were all in sounds like you were all in when you were doing that and you know when he said that as mad as I wanted to be at him as mad you know as much as I wanted to throw something at him the truth is it was the truth there was a time in my life where I remember that I was all in I was determined and I was committed to getting ready for this half marathon. You know, isn't it true of us in life? There's moments in our life where we're going about what we're doing and we're involved in what we're doing and, and we're even, we're even believing God for better things and greater things in our life. But the truth of the matter is there's moments, if we're honest today, where we're not all in. And I believe today, if we're going to rally and see God do great things in our life, God makes it very clear that he's a God who is all in and he wants us to be all in also. In fact, I'm going to give you two principles today that I'd, I'd hope you could leave with today that'll help you. The first one is this. If you want to win or if I want to win, I have to be all in. I want you to write that down. If there's anything you leave with today, Leave with this. If I want to win, I have to be all in. You know, like I said, this is even in God's nature. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20. It says this, whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray. The great amen. God's yes and our yes together gloriously evident. What does that mean? Well, focus on this part where he says God's yes and our yes together. What it's saying is that's what makes the glory of God evident in our lives. You see, if we're going to see God's goodness or God's glory, God's promises, God's best life for us, it can't just be God's yes. That's already a done deal. In fact, Jesus is the proof of God's yes, or Jesus is the proof that God is all in. But the question today is, are we all in? And I know that could be personal today, 
But I want you to just really, really be, be honest with yourself. Be vulnerable and ask yourself today, even though I may, doing, I may be doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I might be saying what I'm supposed to be saying, even acting the way I'm supposed to act, but is my heart really engaged? Am I really, really all in? I love this principle. Even in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, God gives us this expectation. He says, love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Not part of what you got, but all of what you got, right? Not part of your heart, but your whole heart. Everything that you are, give it to God. You know, one thing I have found, and maybe you would agree today, is that if we, anything that we do partially, right? If we partially surrender, or if we do partial effort, it'll always produce partial results, right? In our marriage, right? If we give partial effort to our marriage, we'll always have a mediocre marriage. If we give partiality to our job, to our employer, guess what? It'll always produce partial results in our life. And there's nothing more frustrating than being in a relationship, right, with someone that's giving half effort, someone that's partially committed, someone that that on some days they're in and some days they're out. Nothing more frustrating than that, right? If you're going to be married to me or if you're going to be my friend or if you're going to be my employer or my employee, I want you to know that I want to know that you're all in, right? I mean, you're not going to go to work anymore if you're if your boss said, "Hey, I'll what maybe we might pay you this week, maybe next week." Yeah. No, no, no. You need to know that dude, you're all in at paying me for the work that I do, right? In other words, we need to be all in. God loves what he, what he calls a willing heart. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 it says this, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. I like that. If you are willing and obedient, I like to say it this way, you will live your best life. If you not only are obedient, in other words, God just doesn't want compliance. He doesn't want to just give you a set of rules for you to follow, but he wants your heart. He wants your willingness. For God, it's all about fully surrendering, fully surrendering. You know, as you really examine our Christian walk with God, it's all about taking next steps. Your relationship with God is a journey that he has for us where he wants us to continue to take next steps and 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 it's it's so so powerful because in this every step is about surrendering more to god so if we want to win we have to be all in but secondly i want you to write this down if i want god's will i can't resist god's way if i want god's will in my life i cannot resist god's way you know, as we uh, think about this and we're fully surrendered, here's where we struggle is that sometimes we think God wants us to surrender our dreams to him. In other words, those desires that we have in our heart, sometimes Christianity comes across like, well, you just got to give it all up and suffer for Jesus, right? 
That's not the plan of God. He's put those dreams, those desires, those gifts, those talents that he's given you. He's put them on the inside of you. He, he created you that way. He wired you that way. He's given you those desires. In fact, God says, if you'll delight in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. But we have to be willing to surrender, not the dream but to surrender how we get there. To surrender sometimes even the details of what it looks like. See, God wants to fulfill your dreams. So I want to tell somebody today, it's, it's time to dream again. It's time to get that dream off the shelf, that thing that you thought you're too old to do anymore, that thing that you thought is behind you. God is saying, I still want to fulfill that in you. I still want you to recover. I still want you to get it back. I want you to rally today, but I need you to be all in, and I need you to want my will and not resist my way. You know, I look at at the life of Elijah the story of Elisha, sorry, Elisha, we find it in the books of First and Second Kings. And I like Elisha. You know, I, I can really relate to Elisha. In fact, uh, he's cool. He's handsome. You see what I mean? So I can relate to him really good. I, I think there's one person in Madeira called, her name is Linda. She's, she'll agree with me today. She's my wife. <laughs> Maybe she has to. I don't know. But I could relate to Elisha today. You know, he's, he's an ordinary guy who struggles just like we all do, but, but you know, he had my kind of swag. In fact, uh, he did it this way. He did no gel, no hairspray. In fact, the Bible says he had no hair. So I don't feel alone anymore, man. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy was awesome. He was a mighty man of God and uh, I can connect with him because you know what I'm saying? You, you, you get the picture, right? But here's what I want you to know. Uh, here's the thing about Elijah. In fact, I want to show you just how awesome he was. Check this out. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23, it says that Elisha left Jericho and he went up to Bethel. Sounds like an ordinary trip for him. As he was walking along the road, a group of boys from the town began mocking and making fun of him. Go away, baldy. Can you believe that's in the Bible? Go away, Baldy, they chanted. Go away, Baldy. Can you imagine just laughing and mocking him, right? And so, anyways, he said, go away, Baldy. And he says, Elisha then turned around and looked at them, and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. This is awesome. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. 42 of them boys went down that day. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Man, I bet nobody called him Baldy anymore, right? You know, my, my, my six-year-old, he's, he's the brave one, man. He's the one that, Jude, he's, if you know him, like he's got no reservations. In fact, a couple of days ago, he called me that. He said, Dad, you know what? I noticed you ain't got no hair. He said, you're bald. And I was studying for this, and I said, let me show you a scripture, son. I said, let's go camping. I know where some bears are at, buddy. I got that from my parenting group this last week. You got to join a small group. I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> Baldy, can you believe that? Man, here's the thing I really want us to see about Elisha, though, is that Elisha struggled with life just like we do. 
It was real for him. In fact, if you study his story out, his, his family was actually a well-to-do family. It was, they were wealthy, but he still had to work. He was one day, he was in the daily grind and he was working away and, and, uh, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't an executive at a company or anything like that. He was a plow driver is what he was. Not a pile driver, a plow driver. Imagine his view every day standing on a plow, you know, like they did in the olden days and they were, he was just plowing the fields and the only view he had was the rear ends of two oxen. That's what he stared at all day. Can you imagine just looking at the butts of ox all day and then manure coming out every once in a while? Just, I mean, what a day at work, right? Just, oh, right? Just not, uh, anyways. So Elisha is in his ordinary day, but the Bible says this, that in First Corinthians, First Kings 19, it says, Elisha left and found Elisha plowing with the team of oxen. There were 11 teams ahead of him, and he was plowing with the last one. Elijah took off his cloak and put it on Elisha. Elisha then left his oxen, and he ran after Elijah. Verse 21, then Elijah, Elisha went to his team of oxen. He killed them. He cooked the meat using the yoke as fuel for the fire. He gave the meat to the people, and they ate it. Then he went and followed Elijah as his helper. You know, here's the thing about this story is that Elisha gets interrupted in his ordinary day at work. Elijah, Elijah, who's a prophet of God, he puts his cloak on Elisha. And this was really symbolic because in those days when a prophet was ready to pass on or uh, have a successor come after him, that's what they would do is they would go mark them by putting their cloak on them. And so Elisha was then marked. He was called by Elijah to come out into something new, to a new promise, a new future for him. And, and, and I, I believe today that, that that's the same for us, that when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, that he's called us, that he's marked us for something great. He doesn't want you to live a mediocre life with no significance, with no relevance, but God wants you to stand up where you are, where you go to school, where you work, and make a difference in this world because he's marked you for great things. But here's what Elisha did that blows my mind. The Bible says that he went back and he burnt the plows. He barbecued the ox and he threw a big goodbye party with his family. But it was more than just a barbecue. Here's what it was. Is that Elisha was saying, I'm going to run towards my future but I'm going to make sure I don't leave anything behind where I'll still run back to that. You know, I think for some of us today, we need to look at our past and say, the past is the past. I'm not going there anymore. God has a brighter future for me. Come on, somebody. Right there in Madeira, in Fresno, God has a brighter future for you. But you've got to look at your past and say, I'm not going there anymore. It's time to set fire to some of those things. And move forward because that's what God has for you. Here's the thing with that is that the enemy, the only thing he can use against you is your past. 
Listen to me. The only thing that he can use against you is your past, your past mistakes. The Bible says he's the accuser. He can only accuse you of what you've already done and what you've already said. But the Bible also says that he's been rendered powerless, that he no longer has authority over you. If you've given your life to Christ, he cannot accuse you of your past because you have a new future in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you today. Let's rally. Let's recover. Let's get back some things that God has for us, like Elisha, by burning the things of our past and looking towards our future. I wonder what plows we need to burn in our lives. Maybe it's the half-hearted effort that we've been given at work. Maybe it's the half-hearted effort that we've sometimes given our families. Maybe it's the half-hearted effort that sometimes we give our church. Sometimes we give people around us our friends, right? Those are the kinds of things that God wants to bring us out of where we're fully passionate, fully committed, and all in to what God has for us. If we fast forward, I want to just read one more scripture regarding Elisha. Israel now has gone to war. A few years have gone by. And Elisha has this amazing opportunity to be used by God. In fact, uh, Israel's gone out to the desert. They're on their way to battle. But for some reason, the strategy has failed and fallen short. They're out in the middle of the desert, and the soldiers, they're getting thirsty, and they've actually ran out of the most important resource, which is water. They're out in the middle of the wilderness. It's kind of like the way we feel in life sometimes, right? We're in the middle of this journey, and it feels like we've ran out of water. It feels like we're losing our sense of life. But thank God that Elisha was positioned there at the right time. I want to read 2 Kings chapter 3 because the kings looked around and said, Is there any man of God that can give us a word of help? And I believe that's what God has for us is help today. And in verse 16, it says this, The Lord says to fill this dry valley with trenches to hold water that he will send. You won't see wind nor rain but this valley will be filled with water and you will have plenty for yourselves and your animals. You'll have plenty for yourselves and your animals. This is what amazes me about that. That Elijah, he, he forsook his past to go into his future, right? To chase after his purpose. And in a moment where God needed someone to come through for Israel, guess who was there? Guess who was ready and prepared to be used by God? Elisha was there and was able to bring help to the people of Israel. Sometimes I wonder and I ask myself, have there been moments in my life where because I haven't been all in, I've missed the opportunity for God to use my life to, to help somebody, to bless somebody, to encourage my family? I don't know, maybe you'd ask yourself the same question. But here's what I see, is that Elisha gets this specific word from God to start digging trenches. I mean, think about it. It doesn't make any sense. These guys, these soldiers, the animals, they're all thirsty. They're about to die in the wilderness because they've ran out of water. And Elijah says, dude, grab a shovel. 
Are you serious right now? I can hardly move. I'm out of, I'm out of breath. I'm out of water. I'm dehydrated. And Elisha says, grab a shovel. God says to start digging, start digging some trenches, but I don't know if I have the strength. Just start doing it. God says that he will send water. Man, that's exciting. I believe God's saying that today. I don't know who this is for. Maybe somebody in Madera and Fresno. God is sending some water your way. God is bringing life back to you and your situation. Would you just grab a shovel, start digging, position yourself for God's overflow of water and life into your situation? Man, that excites me. Because if he did it for Israel, he'll do it for us. He's no respecter of persons. He'll do it for one. He'll do it for another. We just got to believe and have faith. Here's what I see with Elisha is that they not only experienced the overflow of water, but the Bible says that God gave them victory over their enemy. But it was in, that's right, but it was in the shovel. It was in the willingness and the obedience to grab that shovel. You might be saying, man, today, what does that even look like? What does that look like today? What does it mean to grab a shovel? You know, here at, at in Clovis and Madera and Fresno at all of our campuses, we have the opportunity for you to use a shovel. In fact, in the seats behind you or on your seats around you at the other campuses, there's something called a new here card. Lance talked about it earlier. Something called a new here card. For those that are new, maybe you've been to celebration a few times or maybe you're new here today. That takes on the form of a shovel. What do I mean by that? When you fill that out and you turn that into a dream team member, you know what you do? You're digging a trench and allowing God to connect you with people that he wants to surround you with to have strength, support, and wisdom. That when you need a family to be there to back you up and you don't have to do life alone, you, you'll, you'll have what you need because you started digging your trench. You started you use the shovel, you use the new here card to get you connected. That's why it's so important. We you know we talk about small groups at all of our campuses, and I love small groups. Small groups is another shovel. Small groups is another way of you grabbing the shovel and digging a trench. What do you mean by that? It's a way of you connecting with relationships, a way of you growing through relationships that God has created for you to be a part of. You know, maybe it's serving and jumping on the dream team. You know, I look at around at all of our campuses and, and I, I guess, you know, allow me to talk to Madera right now. Madera campus, we need you in the game. At all of our campuses, we need you in the game. But this isn't just so that you can serve, but it's a shovel. It's a shovel that when you get on the dream team and you serve, you know what you do? You surround yourself with a team of people, a team of people that has a common purpose to see people's lives change, to create an experience for people to know God. And you start digging, you start digging your trench, and before you know it, man, that that serving opportunity that you've committed to, God will use that to bring the floods of water and life into your situation. It's so amazing. So amazing how that works. You know, I want to end with this personal story of describing to you in my life how I came to a place where I had to realize that I needed to get back all in and that I needed to commit to God's will, even if I didn't like 
God's way. In fact, in 2007, uh, my wife and I, we started attending Celebration. And uh, quickly, we fell so in love with this church because even though I had grown up in church and had been a part of the church before and just, you know, grew up in a home with Christian values, and I'm so thankful for that, but I had also still had experienced some shame, some guilt in my life for bad decisions and just dumb things that that I felt God hadn't forgiven me of. And But as I started coming to celebration, uh, as, I, as God used this church with the teachings and the relationships, I realized that God had freedom for me. And I'm so thankful because I began to experience that freedom in my life. But you know, uh, in about two years later in 2009, um, we were actually living in Madeira at the time. We were living in the great city and metropolis of Madeira. Just don't blink because you might miss it on the way through. But we were living there. And I remember that, you know, there was this time because I worked there as well. And on one of my lunch breaks, I would often go to this place called the Pan Am Center. Madtown, I know you know where that's at. And uh, I pulled into the parking lot. And I was just having my lunch, but on this particular occasion, I remember having this crazy thought, man, I love my church and I love celebration. Wouldn't it be so cool to have a celebration campus in Madeira? And I remember that just being a kind of a wild thought. But as I looked at this building, I thought, man, this could be great. This could work right here. And that thought became more of a prayer, became more of something that I felt God was really just beginning to, to impress in my heart. And, and I, I just, you know, kept thinking about that. But, you know, fast forward a few years, actually, or around that time, I'm sorry, I had this conversation with Lance, who was just up here. And, and uh, as he mentioned, we've served together for so long. And, and I had this conversation with Lance, and he, he had asked me this question. He said, Fred, he said, hey, where would you like to be or what would you like to do in ministry someday? And I told him, you know, uh, it just kind of came out. It blurted out. And, and I just said, man, it would be so awesome to see us launch a campus in Madeira. And I'd love to be a part of that. And uh, I remember Lance, he's so diplomatic. He's so nice. He just looked at me and smiled. And he said, you know, Fred, that's great. We're going to put that one on the shelf for a little while. So great thoughts, but we're going to put that away for just a little bit. But hey, I've got an assignment for you. I want you to go with me. We're going to go to Southeast Fresno and we're going to launch a campus over there. And uh, for the next three years, we worked together and, and uh, man, it was just a great time of growing, great time of meeting great people and just, just developing even more our relationship with God. But isn't God so awesome? Isn't God so amazing? Seven years later, fast forward to 2016, in January, guess what? We launch a campus in Madeira. Isn't that amazing? And I'm certainly not saying that because I necessarily prayed that prayer, but I want you to know just how personal for me this is because God really did something amazing in my heart. And I remember being so excited when I was able to be a part of this, this campus and after the amazing team with Anthony, all of them got it going and launched it. And I got to join the team later on. And, and it was just so amazing to be a part of this. But I have to be honest. I mean, can I be vulnerable for a little bit? You know, after a few months, I noticed the excitement started to wear down just a little bit. 
and gradually, progressively, just kind of wearing down. And I remember that I just, things started getting difficult, started getting hard. And uh, if you know anything about a mobile campus, you know, every weekend there's setup and there's teardown. The week goes by and there's setup and there's teardown, right? And then you got to find drivers for the trailers. And there's moments where you're like, no way, you know, we can't find a driver. And I love if there's any teachers in this room or at any campus, we love the teachers. But I'll never forget the email I got from that teacher that we use her her classroom for our kids' classrooms on Sunday. And she said, man, you guys moved my desk and you left it three inches away from where it was to begin with. And I'm just thinking, God, for reals? Really? You, But you, you know those moments where you you pray to God and kind of just lets you pray and I remember praying and just saying God is there any other way anything else I could be doing right now and I remember getting so frustrated getting so so weak that I was complaining and I was griping not publicly but even to myself and at times my wife until she told me would you shut up already But I remember praying to God. I even prayed the Jesus prayer. I said, God, if this cup could pass me by, let it pass me by. Well, a few weeks went by, and just to share this, that I remember driving on a Sunday morning to Madeira on our way to, to, you know, do church. and, And the Holy Spirit on the inside of me just spoke, not audibly, but just an impression in my heart and said, I'm answering your prayers. And I was like, what? Which prayer? And the Holy Spirit just said, I'm answering your prayers. Don't you remember that prayer? (sighs) Remember that prayer when you were 14 years old and you said, God, use my life to make a difference. I'm answering that prayer. Remember that prayer when you were 23 years old and you were a youth leader in Madeira and you got the opportunity to go on the Madeira High School campus and you got to share the good news of Jesus with teenagers and you left that place wanting to reach more kids and more teenagers in Madeira. Guess what? I'm answering that prayer. Remember that time in the Pan Am parking lot? In 2009, I'm answering that prayer. And I remember God just impressing in my heart. But then he asked me this question. He says, but are you still all in? Because I'm all in. But are you still all in? You know, I wonder today, what prayers is God answering in our lives? What prayers is God answering in your lives, in Fresno and Madeira. What prayers have you been asking God? Your family members are now coming to church, but you still find yourself complaining, bickering, and fighting. We all do it, not pointing fingers. But God is doing great things in our lives. He's doing great things in our families. And we find ourselves griping and complaining. What prayers is God answering But the question he's asking today is, are you all in? I'll never forget that morning 
I remember just saying, God, I want your will, but I'm sorry because I've been resisting your way. Resisting your way. But here's what I know. That just like in Madeira, just like in Fresno, just like here in Clovis, God wants us to recover. He wants us to rally together. Come on, somebody. He wants us to rally together. He wants us to go after, to recover. The broken families in our cities, the lost teenagers that are committing suicide every day. I'm here to tell you, we can rally together and we can make a difference in their lives. We can make a difference in their homes. Those broken homes, those broken families. God wants to bring us together to dig trenches so that we can see water fill this valley. The question is today, if you want to win, you have to be all in. If you want God's will, you can't resist God's way. I want to pray with you today. God, we thank you for this amazing time together. Lord, I thank you, God, that your word is our help, that your word is our strength today. God, I thank you for everyone here in Clovis, there in Madeira, and there in Fresno today. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're doing great things in our life, that, Father, we can believe and that we can have courage to keep pressing forward to the things and the blessings that you have for our lives. Today, God, I just speak strength and I speak hope into everyone's situation. God, I thank you, Lord, today that as we become all in, as we, as we push forward to be all in with you, God, as God, as we, we refuse to resist your way and we fully surrender to your way, God, you're doing great things in our life. I believe you're going to rally us together that you're going to bring recovery to our lives. God, that you're going to bring back, allow us to get back those things that the enemy has stolen. We declare today, God, that we rally and we see you do great things in our lives. In this moment, we want to give everybody an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, right here in Clovis, with every eye closed and every head bowed, continue praying right there in Madeira and in Fresno. If you've never made the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you this opportunity today. You know, the very first place where you can begin to surrender is putting your faith and your trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. You don't have to be qualified. You don't have to be perfect. God wants to meet you right there where you're at in this moment. So I want us all to pray this as a family, believing that people are making that decision in every campus today. Everybody, as a family, let's pray this together. Would you say, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Thank you, God, for being all in. Today, I declare that I'm all in, and I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.